It's all a weekend. It's all a weekend. But so last night I met up with this guy from Field. Shout out to Field. It's this hot dating app, if you're unfamiliar, that was originally set up for like three ways, four ways, et cetera. But now it's kind of been infiltrated by queer people. And it's (laughs) now like this not infiltrated. This hot new, like like amazing dating app for all genders, all sexualities. And I think it's really exciting. And so I met this insanely hot daddy like so insanely hot bodybuilder lawyer like the bees knees like the works and you can attest he's the works oh the works baby girl and we go to this wine bar I show up to the wine bar early and the woman asks insane move insane move do you have a reservation and I'm like oh god I'm not sure she goes well what name is it under I only know this man is daddy. I don't know his <laughs> um, name. Do you have a daddy? That's D-A-D-D-Y. <laughs> and so I like, I panic text him. I'm like, I'm like, what's the reservation under? And he goes, oh, I'm so sorry. It's Paul. Um, Not a hot name. Not a hot name. But, you know, he made up for it. We're getting drinks. We're the hottest couple at this bar. Let me fucking tell you. We look insane. We're sitting on the same side of the booth. We're having wine. We're clinking. We're connecting. He's so much so much fun, so incredible, so sex positive. We finish our wine. We're walking back to his apartment, which is like two blocks away. It's raining. We're waiting to cross. It's a red light. We're under an awning. He reaches below, lifts up my skirt, pulls down my panties and starts fingering me at the crosswalk. That's so hot. It was so insanely hot. I was dying. And then we get back to his place. We, we get to his place. We're in the elevator. He grabs me by the throat, pushes me up against the wall and starts making out with me. I am like soaked at this point, like so wet, so excited. It's so incredible. <laughs> we end up having the most like, amazing like fun like consensual exciting sex um and afterwards I did bump a k and he put me in a cab and i went my way home that's amazing it was it was like so gender euphoric because like he's like pansexual but he only fucks femmes so he doesn't really care about like the sex or the jet. Like, he doesn't really care about the sex. All he cares about is just like if you're femme, like like your presentation, your presentation, like yeah. whether you have like a penis or not. Like it's not a big deal as long as he finds you attractive, which was so affirming for me, honestly. That's amazing. And like I've kind of spent this whole weekend having this crazy gender euphoric time. When la- this past weekend, after a failed three way, the next night I like low key <laughs> feminized this like. Six foot four, buff, beefy, hunky guy, put him in panties and made him a bitch. And he told me to fuck him like a woman. I love being feminized in the bedroom. Yeah. I may have told you this once before, but one of the like heart, like most just forceful, euphoric, and just downright exquisite orgasms I've ever had was this beefy man was just fucking the shit out of me and like 
I mean, I virtually call, I call virtually every top daddy. But, like, this guy really took it to the next level. Because, like, people also, ooh, daddy's little boy. Like, yeah, baby. Like, whatever, you know, sort of, like, diminutive, like, comes to mind. But this guy was like, oh, yeah, daddy's little princess. You love that daddy's little princess? And, like, let me fucking tell you, getting called daddy's little princess made me come so fucking hard. It was the only Mm. time in my life I've ever doubted my gender identity. I came (gasps) out of that and I was like, am I a woman? The trans agenda. The trans agenda because the euphoria I felt like was incredible. And like, I think you could probably, I don't know. It would be interesting to problematize that because it's like, why are you like getting off on being feminized as if that's just like a sexual thing as opposed to like a lived experience or identity or whatever. Well, there's like a difference between like being feminized and being feminized to be humiliated. Like I'm talking to this guy on field right now Mm -hmm. who's like super jacked, like super hot. Love this guy. He's all about humiliation from like femdoms, which like, (laughs) let me tell you, I'm a really nice girl. It's kind of, (laughs) (laughs) she's lying. She's literally not nice. (laughs) It's kind of difficult for me to be like, you little, like, pig bitch. Like, you know what I mean? It's kind of hard. You are lying through your teeth right now. No, I'm not. I swear (laughs) to God, I'm not lying. I swear I'm not lying, you little pig bitch. You're such a piece of shit. I'm not lying. Stop it. Um, But where was I going with this? I think, like, for example, the guy that I topped last weekend, he was telling me the next day about how like he wants to push the feminization further and wants to explore his like femininity. And it's like not necessarily about like being fucked like a woman, but like putting on makeup and he wants to like try on other mm-hmm. things and really explore this potential transinity that he might have. He wants to like pick my brain and like ask me about transness and like see where it goes. And I'm like, that's beautiful like I would love to help him with that as long as I get to keep fucking him (laughs) (laughs) I'm so excited to help you with that so long as we're gonna call him the Russian the Russian we need to stop doing place-based namikers but like well we're just more creative than he was context he was an ex-investment banker turned real estate guy so hot god I'm literally so fucking obsessed but Um, I want to talk about failed three ways. We were at a party last weekend. (laughs) And let me preface this by saying that Jeep thought they were getting cock blocked when in actuality they cock blocked themselves. I did cock block myself. I did. did. I totally did. Anyway, now that I've done that backwards, please provide the context. Well, what happened was the party devolved into a four way in the other room. I, we can hardly call that a four way. We can hardly call it a four way. We're not going to put anyone on blast, but no one got hard. I was getting live texts from the room from our friend being like, this is terrible. No one can stay hard. Like, Which blah, if blah, you're blah. texting during a four way, just like exuant left, baby, like get out. Like, <laughs> and no so need. I'm with this. He's ginger, right? You'd say he's like a ginger. No, I would say like strawberry, strawberry blonde, blonde, whatever. So it's this guy and this girl and the guy and I have had this will they won't they thing going on for a little bit too long. And so she goes to the bathroom and then it's the two of us in the room. He's looking at me, smiling, giggling. I'm like, oh, what? Use your words. Like what? He comes in, he's touching me. He's like, oh my God, like Jeep, you know, I think you're amazing. I think you're so funny, blah, 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 blah. 
And on God, he came in. He was about to kiss me. We were about to fucking send it. Then she walked back in the room. He paused. He looked at both of us and was like, oh, like, I'm going to the bathroom. Then he left. I go up to the girl. I'm like, you need to leave right now. And she's like, I can't because, like, Stella is in the other room getting fucked. And I have to wait for Stella. And, like, always girls first. Totally get it. (laughs) Sorry, Stella, if you didn't want to be put on blast there. But... (laughs) Do you know who that is? Welcome to the pod. Do I know who Stella is? I didn't know. I mean, we're close. Yeah. Fair. Love okay. You, Stella. Stella. <laughs> um, a streetcar named Desire. But so she's like, I can't leave because of her. Right. But I think the guy wants us to have like a three way. And I look at her and I'm like, listen, we just met. I vibe with you. I think you're amazing. But I don't really want to fuck you right now. And she goes, oh, my God, I totally understand. Like, I get it. But, like, just so you know, like, I'm down. <laughs> like, what did you not get? What did you not understand? Well, the, the core concept. The but, core concept. But okay. <laughs> he comes back into the room. We're all looking at each other. There's such thick sexual tension in the air that you can cut it with a chainsaw. And so they start making out. I immediately jump up and I'm like, that's my target. That's my cue to leave. And they're both like, no, stay. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Left, called my Uber and immediately regretted it. Because I could have set up boundaries. I could have been like, okay, like maybe like the girl and I were just going to like not we didn't have to touch each other we could have just made out like it didn't have to go down or anything i'm sorry you don't want to be in a threesome unless you're like full throttle about everyone involved like i have that's not true I mean, when I had that polyamorous four-way with my friend like i we agreed just not to touch each other But, like, a four-way really is different because there's, like... There's pairing going on. Yeah, there's pairing and there's just, like, multiple, like, there's, like, so many more, like, nodes of contact that you can have. Like, if you and this girl, like, aren't interacting, it's, like, then the boy is sort of, like, the only fulcrum between you two. And that's just, like, almost guaranteeing that somebody's getting left out. Like, I have been in... And this... We've talked about this. This always happens with couples where, like, you're invited Mm -hmm. into a three-way with a couple. And not invariably, but often you find that you're more attracted to one of the two and then you start fucking and basically the other is like sitting in the peanut gallery watching Mm -hmm. and like that sucks for you it's not my problem it's not my relationship I don't really have to deal with it but like it's nonetheless sort of like every time that's happened I've kind of always left with like a bitter taste in my mouth like I've always sort of felt like the I, I mean the ideal situation is just really being everyone being sort of mutually invested Mm -hmm. in everybody who's there that being said, mm, you fucked it. I did fuck it. I did. I, you know, that being said, I didn't fuck it. I didn't fuck it one bit. I also was having like kind of like a stomach ache and I'm like, am I ready to bottom in front of this woman right now? Also, he was fucked up. Like, is he going to get hard? I mean, and the answer is he definitely didn't. No, he definitely didn't. That, but let this go to show. always trying to fuck when they're not hard. And respect. Let, let it show, though, that... The strawberry blonde boy and I, something is going to happen. Something is going to happen. All this is to say that Jeep and I are actually each running some seriously incredible hot streaks in our sex life. I bagged some insane hotties this weekend as well. I'm feeling great about the sex that I'm having. Me too. Um, In fact, the only trouble in my sex life is also coinciding with trouble in my romantic life. But we're not really going to touch on that today. Jeep and I hashed that out pre-pod. That's an... That's an off-record situation right now. Um, however, honestly, like, we have this text debate written down, and I 
Luckily, the situation was resolved, but I still think it's interesting. Like, what do you do when you say to somebody very directly something like, let me know when you're free? And then they reply with like a non sequitur. They're like, how are you? Now, I didn't think it was that big of a deal personally, but I could totally understand why people would be like, that's offensive. I guess. Yeah. See, I feel like if I'm asking you a direct question, it's because I want a direct answer, especially when you're in like the nation stages of dating and you like are feeling insecure. You don't really know exactly what's going on, how often this person wants to be seeing you, whatever is sort of going through your head. Like asking a direct question is sort of like begging for some clarity on like what you want. And so then getting that sort of response is it's like, I'm confused. Are you trying to engage and like, this was just an innocent sort of faux pas or are you deflecting? And I think when you put somebody in that state of unknowing, it's really like, it kind of sucks. I think it's kind of shitty. I think it is shitty, but when you're dealing with himbos, like he's <laughs> we not, are, we should clarify. I'm dealing with a, a textbook himbo right now. Yeah. And when you're dealing with himbos, like you can't put too much on them. Like you look up himbo in the dictionary and it's a picture of, of this, this beautiful, beautiful man. boy. <laughs> like this beautiful, beautiful man. Um, I don't know. That's interesting. Um, feel free to duke it out in the comments or just message us directly. We would genuinely love to know what our listeners think. You know, we always say this, like message us, like hash out the comments. First of all, nowhere to comment on Spotify. I don't know about Apple podcasts, but also like no one's messaging us. No one's messaging. Where is our listener engagement? Where are you? We know you're listening. We, we have the data. Listening. We do have the data. There's not many of you, but you are out there. So hit our line. We want feedback. <laughs> we desperately want feedback. And on that note, now is where we begin the episode. Welcome to Heterosexual Hell. We deal with everything straight. Unfortunately, (laughs) (laughs) I did not want to have this episode. Maybe that's just because it's like demanding that I rehash like trauma, but we're going to do it anyway, baby, because heterosexuality is hell and And people should know. Heterosexuality is camp at this point, in my opinion. Like I would like to think straight drama is camp. I want you to elaborate on that. Why is straight drama camp? So the reason why straight drama is camp is because like it just always classically plays on like tropes of like the man and the woman the gender binary it's it's such a like a regurgitated yeah it's a rehearsed it's a classically regurgitated story there's nothing new to it and it's always high drama high fun and they're always acting like it's new and they have no idea that it's been done before that it's been done before and it's kitsch i know what's gonna happen yeah, always. It's always, you always know. That's actually that's actually such a good point. Straight drama is camp because it is literally in indis- like when I hear the drama that my friend my heterosexual friends have, it is indistinguishable from the shit I see on like daytime television. Period. And I would like to note that if anybody is watching, are you the one? <laughs> Which Reese didn't want to talk about. I sure didn't. <laughs> but I have to bring it up. Because Are You the One, I feel like, is a classic example of heterosexual camp, especially when you compare it to the queer the queer season. The queer season, the drama was, like, cringy and harder to solve, whereas the straight drama was strictly just for glitz and glam. That's, yeah, that is actually a really good point, because the thing that was, the issue with the queer drama is it required, honest to God, I hate to use this word, but a degree of nuance that the show was 
unwilling and unable to engage right Mm -hmm. like they would have that relationship expert come in and talk to them and like they would bring up these really complex things about like polyamory and open relationships and how do you navigate that and the woman would just be like like, figure like, it out yeah no she'd just literally be like it sounds like you guys are taking on too much which is like actually no that is a completely legitimate like real conversation to have with somebody even in like the relatively early stages of dating mm-hmm. but like you're right like the thing about we had written in the notes uh that the, we were going to talk about too hot to handle which is i think why i was so reticent to talk about it are you the one is fine we can talk about are you the one um <laughs> But for the record, Too Hot to Handle is trash. It is just bad TV. And I love it. No, it's like trash and like it's not good. Are You the One is trash and it is good. But you're right. It's so kitsch because like the and the reason it works with the straight couples is because it's like all of these problems are so solvable. It's like there's all of these frameworks and like preceding examples of how to deal with like almost any problem that a heterosexual monogamous couple can come up with, Mm -hmm. right? Whether it be through culture or like lived experience or like interpersonal relate, like, you know, previous interpersonal relationships, there's always some sort of like pre-existing idea or like method for like dealing with your problems in a way that I think fundamentally doesn't exist for queer people. And I would like to add like one hot note that, are you the one really taught me something that my therapist had always tried to drive home for me? This is a crazy. It is. (laughs) It is. (laughs) My therapist had always brought this concept up to me and I never was able to really digest it until I watched all of, are you the one all eight seasons? And it's that sometimes it's not you. It's the other person. Sometimes it has nothing to do with, like, what you look like, who you are, et cetera. It has everything to do with, like, is the person emotionally available? Does the person have trauma? Does the person have X, Y, or Z? Like, something's going on in their head that is preventing them from engaging with you, and it might have absolutely nothing to do with you. And sometimes, the second thing is that sometimes you're just not a perfect match. But the irony of that, yeah, sometimes you're not a perfect match. But the irony of that first point you were making about trauma is that all these queer people on that season of are you the one were so ready to talk about their trauma so, so ready so ready too ready honest to god too ready like re- like reel it in rebecca or whatever your name is like just so ready and but like it actually created this problem where it was like there's so much gravitas to like everything you're talking about because you've just kind of laid it out on the open that it's too complex it's too complex to put into a tv show it's too complex to deal with within the parameters of this reality TV show. Whereas like these straight people are just like bringing up the most like superficial problems and like actually unable to access those traumas and like those previous experiences in the same way such that it like really simplifies their problems. And I would like to think poor Basit because they were carrying the drama of everybody else on their fucking back. No, literally the entire season that poor person that poor had person. to deal with everybody's bullshit and they were the only one that was emotionally intelligent enough to handle their own okay speaking of emotional intelligence and bearing the burden of everyone else's trauma go on <laughs> <laughs> what i fucking hate about straight people is they and this like without exception if you are like the I, this is about straight people with queer friends without exception straight people with queer friends will make very 
burdensome and specific demands on like like emotional demands on you as a queer person mm-hmm. right i so consistently have straight white cis women in my life who reach out to me in with some degree of confidence to talk about like some sort of sexual thing they want to explore something like quote unquote weird which is actually completely banal that happened in the bedroom and they don't know how to feel about it and it's like by you it and first of all it's like you think by virtue of me being a queer person i've had like some sort of like strange freaky sex which like granted i have um and like that like gives me the authority to like deal with this problem but then also it's like you don't i don't know it's like i just feel like if this was like an individual person this wouldn't necessarily it's not an issue when it's coming from an individual person but in aggregate it's like it's such a weight on me to like constantly have these people sort of seeking validation about their sexual experiences that they're unable to see to find in their own sexual communities you know what i mean i do know what you mean in earlier this year when i was Long story short, my boyfriend was going through the worst roommate experience you've ever heard in NYC history. It was so insane. He was getting death threats. Like, it was real, real scary death threats. It was crazy. And this girl who I haven't spoken to in, like, years, who, like, none of our friend group has seen in a long time, is blowing up my phone, like, how do I take big dick? Can you train me how to do anal? Like, oh, my God, like, what are poppers? Like, can you help me? And I'm like, this is not the time. And she knew because I was posting it on my close friend story, which mm-hmm. she's in mm-hmm. for whatever reason. <laughs> <laughs> she's in. Well, not for whatever reason. I still feel a deep connection to her. Bless her heart. We should all be making regular edits to our close friends. And speaking of regular edits to close friends, if anybody is wondering where my Instagram went, Instagram deactivated me without telling me. Um, Jeep got hacked in a half. I like, got hacked in a half. I got hacked in half. And now my Instagram. And not in the good way. Not in the good way. And now my Instagram is gone. So I'm taking a little break from Instagram and I'll be returning shortly. With less followers. <laughs> with, with significantly less followers. I No, literally, like, I don't want to be your ass play cheerleader. You're, like, sexual doula. Yeah, no, like, I'm not here. Like, that's not my fucking job. I'm not interested in doing that. And also, it's like, I'm sorry, like, I had to figure that out on my own. And you know what? It wasn't that fucking difficult. Like, www.google.com, bitch. Like, Period. Because, like, that's the thing is, it's like, when you're doing this, it's like, you're not actually curious, right? Because if you were, like, think about when you were, like, a, a young, queer, questioning individual, right? You had questions. You probably sought refuge in the internet or, like, these, like, private spaces where you were actually trying to, like, dig and, like, find some sort of answer, you know? And it's like, so it's like, if you really wanted answers to those questions, like, I'm sorry, there's a million fucking wiki hows on how to put something up your butt. Like, literally, <laughs> it's on YouTube. It's Google it. Everywhere. It is so ubiquitous. Like, all you have to do is look for it. Like, you're not asking me because you really want the help. You're asking me because you want me to be like, oh, my God. Yes, sister. Like, so happy for you. Love that you're trying that. So adventurous. Blah, blah. And that's like, I'm not here to be that for you. It's not happening. It and all. It, yeah. It just all plays into like queerness being this spectacle for straight people we have this you you talk about like you're talking about like the i'm so brave and me talking about the like oh you guys are so cute together like literally i was at a talk for women in design this is a couple years back i looked like a boy at the time 
and I still sometimes do. And I baby, (laughs) not to me, baby. And I go up to the mic. I ask my question. I was like, I am a closeted trans person. I'm still freaking out my gender identity. And like one of the biggest things that has become a roadblock for me is trying to figure out my career is going to be like as a trans woman in this industry. And right after the talk, every single white woman in that stadium, that theater, (laughs) came up to me and said, you are so brave for asking that question. Literally, no. It's it's honestly like when people say you are so brave, it really like it's it oddly makes me feel like shamed a little bit or like, oh, you're lesser. You know what I mean? No, totally. Because it's like, well, first of all, what the fuck is your standard for bravery? Bitch? Oh, period. Like, like, what are you doing? Like, how cowardly are you on the day to day? Because it's like it's not brave to like. Like we would, you, you know, like. Because cis women would be really annoyed if they were at, like, a tech conference and they were, like, talking to, like, a male CEO and they were like, well, what are you doing about, like, gender distribution and gender equity in your workplace, right? Like, mm-hmm. they would, you would also feel unsettled if someone came up to you afterward and was like, you're so brave for asking that question. It's like, no, I'm just asking the right questions. Like, I'm literally just bringing up the conversations that we all need to be having that we all should be thinking about and that some of you probably are thinking about. And like, it's not that I'm brave. It's not like you're chicken shit. Like, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, no, I, I just, completely agree. I completely agree. I mean, the, and like, obviously that like this takes on a uniquely, a unique sort of like darkness and frustration for trans people, but this happens to all sorts of queer people. Like I was in, we were at Ludlow house the other day. Um, and I was with this, boo sort of thing of mine maybe I don't know this guy I'm seeing and fucking and we're dancing and making out and this woman full-on comes up to us and interrupts us literally like (laughs) it's sort of like have you ever been in the park and like someone like comes up to you and they're like you look so peaceful (laughs) like fuck you I was like shout out to Ruby this happened to her the other day I'm totally jacking her joke but like literally it's like crazy like it's so crazy like it's like what do you mean? Like, it's like, why are you interrupting me dancing and making out with this boy right now? Like, literally, literally taps us on the shoulder. And so I'm like, are you okay? Like, do you need something? And she's like, you guys are just so cute together. And I'm like, what does that do for anybody right. in the situation? What is that doing for anyone? Like, I know we look hot. I know we're fucking beautiful. Like, I don't need you to tell me, first of all. And also, it's like, you would just... I did have this conversation with a friend the other day who said this does happen to straight people, but I'm sorry. It doesn't really happen to straight people in nearly the same degree that like, cause this happens to me so often when I'm with a boy, like people will come up to me and be like, you guys are so cute together. And it's like, I'm not a spectacle for you to like adore. I'm not like a kawaii stuffed thing that you like keep on your bookshelf. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like I'm, I am a person like living my life. Like I need my affirmation to come from like my community and the people important to me and from you in the form of like creating space for me to live my life not you like you don't need to justify my existence and like what I'm doing by telling me it looks cute what if I what if I was ugly I'm still allowed to make out with a boy even if I'm ugly like (laughs) and that's that's really fun no you're not and that's (laughs) (laughs) 
that's the thing that a lot of like trans people especially trans women like go through is that we're not trans people in general really like we're not valid unless we're like cis passing and hot like and that's Mm -hmm. something that like Mm -hmm. I struggle with is like I'm not cis passing I'm not skinny so it's just like what do I do with that? I have to carve my way out to have this little space. And like, I'm lucky that I'm still pulling because I have a personality and a decent face. You're also hot. I am hot. What am I talking about? (laughs) (laughs) But also, no, but like to your point, it's like, again, it's like, I don't like what you're telling me implicitly is like, this is only valid what's happening in front of you because you find it sexy. Jeep is rubbing her toes on mine right now. And it's, under the speaking, table speaking of sexy <laughs> like <laughs> um <laughs> no i'm sorry it's just like me looking cute to you is not it's not important it's, to me it's not important to me and it's not what validates me being in that space like if no. you are a white woman who goes up to gay men or to anyone frankly and is like telling them like oh my god you guys are so cute like yes there there is a i don't want to say don't do it because i want to believe there's a time and a place for like you can approach me and say that and it's like like you know if I'm like walking out of the club and like you're walking out too and you're like you know what I saw you and your boyfriend y'all are fucking hot like I'm a like that you mm-hmm. know I'm gonna feel that if you are like if you feel the need to like stop me in the middle of like me having my moment and me living my time like check yourself like absolutely take a step back I will say I will accept all forms of compliments and gifts in gifts, in monetary. If you had said that and presented me a drink, I'd be like, girl. Yes, Absolutely. Love you. Like, for example, first date with this finance boy that I used to see way back when. We're still friends. This is like right before COVID. <laughs> and we have a little ramen date. We're hitting it off. We're having an amazing time. Pause. And then, ramen is a horrible date. A horrible first date. But it's both her favorite foods. So it, it would have had sentimental value. Why? Um, but so he takes me to Gem Saloon in Murray Hill afterwards, which as some of you may or may not know, that is heterosexual hell. It is probably the straightest place on the planet. Oh, and I, I would know love because it. I've never been there. I love it there. So <laughs> we're there, we're having a nice time, we're kikiing. I'm buying my own drinks as a power move to assert my dominance in that space. And so the bar's in the round, and so I his car's the one bartender, and my car's is another one. So I go to the other bartender, and there's this group of girls just gaggling, having a nice time. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, I turn to him, and I'm like, I will get us free shots by the end of the night. He was like, bet. All right, let's see it. I go up to this group of girls, and I go, and I'm like, I look like a boy at this point. And I'm like, oh, my God you guys are so fabulous. I'm obsessed with your energy. I saw you guys from over there and I was like, I need to befriend these girls. And they just start screaming and they're like, oh my God, like you're so much hotter than that guy. I'm like, I know. And and they're like, you guys are so cute, et cetera, et cetera. And then we're like chit-chatting. And I'm like, oh, my God, like, should we do shots? And she, the girl's like, oh, my God, yeah. And I'm like, hold on, I can't find my card. And she's like, oh, like, let's all do kamikazes on me. And there you have it. See, that's what you got to do, queer people. You got to flip the, like, you're so cute on its head. You start telling straight people that they're cute. 
And you get free shots. And you get free shots. I am the queen of getting free shots at a club. What was it? Was it last weekend when we were at Dingling? Mm. I was chatting up these three girls and they were, once again, I pulled my line. Should we all do shots right now? And they're like, we love tequila. Couldn't find my card. And boom, free shots. Love that for you. Um, Jumping ship. Speaking of straight people, we did have this debate that would be fun too. Well, we never actually debated it. Like, does fucking a closeted dude count as fucking a straight dude? You know, I'm not sure. It depends. I mean, like, for me, I don't know. Like, it depends on the context. Like, I guess, like, because I'm, like, I mean, the guy I fucked last night considered himself pansexual, but he only fucks femmes. And, like, that kind of feels like fucking a straight guy to me. You know, yeah. I think, like, the only experience I have that I can, like, say, like, maybe that statement is true is when I was in Columbia, I went to this hostel with a couple friends on a beach, like super rural part of like the, the Atlantic coast of Columbia. And like, we've been there a couple days, obviously I'm, it's just like a small little hostel. So I'm not really hooking up with anybody. It's also like not shocker, not a priority at the time, but I like open grinder for shits. I'm like, I just want to know like, what it, does this even look like? The second closest person was 25 miles away. (laughs) The first closest person was 90 feet away. And I was like, this motherfucker is at this hostel. Like, (laughs) what is going on? So I, like, look at his body. Tall, super built dude. Like, leaner, but, like, really cut, super built. And it says, like, he's 6'3". So I'm like, this guy's got to be easy. I look up and immediately see him, like, sitting across. He's this, like, actually incredibly beautiful British man. And so he's like with his friends, I'm with my friends and I'm like, how am I going to play this? Blah, 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 blah. Like we haven't like messaged on grinder or anything, but like I sit, finally like see him like have a moment alone and I just like go up to him and I'm like, so you're the other gay dude at the hostel. And he was like, what? And I was like, I mean, you're not going to tell me this isn't your grinder profile. Yeah. He was like, Oh yeah. I mean it is, but like, I don't know. And he was just like being sus and, like just kind of like avoiding it. And I was like, mm-hmm. okay, whatever. Some people get uncomfortable about that. I'm really forward and direct. Like I get it. But then we started talking and what came out was this man had been in a heterosexual. Re- the reason he was in Colombia was because he had been in a heterosexual relationship for the past 10 years. The last five of which he had slowly realized he was a gay man. And did not act on it, didn't do anything, and broke up with the love of his, like, this female love of his life because he couldn't bear not having sex with men anymore and couldn't bring himself to cheat on her. Love that. Like, love the that. ultimate gentleman. And I was swooning, obviously. Ten minutes later, we're, like, half a mile down the beach, and he's blowing my hole out with his massive dick like absolutely mm, fuck the shit I mean some God. of the best sex I've ever had like I do love beach sex but it was just like everything about it was glorious and like also because it was like this was one of his like fir- first of all it was one of his first forays into sex with men and he was just a total king but also it was just like the stars were out you could hear the waves crashing it was just like so luxe like everything about it was amazing and see that's why I'm kind of loving my experience on field because it's connecting me with like straight men who are into trans women and it's like a lot of the women a lot of the men that I'm connecting with have 
for the most part, experience with trans women. And if they don't, they're very open with it and they're very mm-hmm. cordial mm-hmm. and respectful, which I do not get on Grinder at all. Exactly. This is my hot take that like closeted men are kinder and more gentlemanly than out gay men. Absolutely. And because last weekend, one of the like, I fucked this drop dad gorgeous, like took my breath away when he walked through the door. Argentine man who has recently moved to my neighborhood. And like, like he was just arresting and like we had amazing sex, made me come twice without touching myself. Incredible. An incredible feat. Like anyone listening, like don't feel bad if you can't do that because I don't know that I've ever actually met somebody else who could do that. Like it was mind blowing, especially because it's like, like he is in the closet. He's only just started hooking up with men, but he was so open about that. Like, and he was talking about that and his experience sort of negotiating his sexuality and like, you know, unlike with most gay men, there was like a protracted period of like postcoital cuddling and talking and getting to know one another. He left. He said, thank you. I had a really nice time. We messaged a couple days later. Like, you know, it's like, and it's like, even like the messaging wasn't even necessarily like, let's fuck right now. You know, it was just like, hey, how are you doing? Mm-hmm. You know, and it was like, when was the last time you talked to like a cis gay man who was giving you that? Never. Like, never. never. No. And so it's just like this painful irony that these people who like you can't experience like in the daylight, if you will, like are actually bringing so much more kindness and chivalry to the bedroom than all you fucking cis gay men. Fuck y'all. Honestly. Cis gay men truly. They are only obsessed with one thing and one thing only and that's the body it's the body it's all they care about all they care about is you being a slice of meat that they can just devour and if they don't like it they're gonna keep fucking searching for another piece of meat right until they find another velvet lined meat wallet baby another velvet lined meat wallet yeah that was disgusting i'm so sorry my roast beef sandwich (laughs) um how are we doing on time? We're doing great on time. We, we could keep going. Yeah? Yeah. We want to talk about trying to be straight? I want to talk about trying to be straight. Okay, Jeep and I are hopping in our time machine and taking ourselves back to the seventh grade, baby. <laughs> talk to me, Jeep. What What's happening at the that 12 and 13? I just really wanted to be straight so bad. <laughs> <laughs> so badly. <laughs> Reese is choking on his water. It's Perrier. Perrier. I'm so sorry. (laughs) But Taylor Carlin, if you're listening, I'm literally so sorry that I, like, she had a crush on me in seventh grade, and then she started dating Bakari, and then I wanted to ask her to the dinner dance because I couldn't, who else was I going to ask? There was, and she was hot, all right? She was a a bombshell at the Mm -hmm, time. mm -hmm. Nothing like a 12-year-old bombshell. But, fastest female runner in the grade there you that's a bombshell that's how Automa- you know she's a bombshell why did that automatically make you hot always dead right like universal truth of the like american elementary school experience like if you were the fastest runner you were you hot. were really hot what is that i love it's that really it's athletic prowess is so desirable in america i mean it is but it's also like 
And it's indoctrined at such a young age. I just think it's so interesting that it's specifically like the fastest runner. You know, it was never necessarily like, like, I think, you know, depending on where you went to school, like maybe basketball or football or soccer had its own sort of allure, depending on, you know, the geography but I guess of when your you upbringing. Were, when but you were young, you couldn't really gauge skill at that age when yeah. it comes to those kind of sports. Yeah, I think true. fastest runner was the, is the best. It was just so clear cut. Yeah, yeah. So clear. So funny. But I asked her out to the dinner dance while she was sitting on Bakari's lap. And she was like, oh, I'm going with Bakari. And I'm like, okay, never mind. And I walked away. 20 minutes later, she walked up to my lunch table, which was me and the, like, the weirder kids mm-hmm. at the time. I didn't become popular until high school. <laughs> but she came up to me and was like, I dumped Bakari. We're going to the dinner dance together. Hi. And before the dinner dance, I took her to get Starbucks, and we wore matching pink outfits. You really just... I was a little faggot from the get go. And she was into it. You know what? That's the thing is these girls are so into faggots. I know. And I love it. My dating success didn't really come until like straight dating success didn't come till high school, which is funny because really from an early age, like God almighty himself was giving me every sign to avoid women. The first crush I ever had, like, like I think the first like real crush where I was like, Oh, like I am attracted to this person and I want to spend time with them. Like, was probably like the end of fifth grade. I met this girl, Madison, and I had a crush on her throughout all of sixth grade, like never did anything about it. And then in seventh grade, first period, reading with Miss Daniels, she was assigned the seat directly in front of me. And I was like, this is it. And so I, like for weeks, I was like figuring out, I was like, how I'm going to stop her after class one day and I'm just going to ask her to go to a movie, right? Like I, I was like coming up with and fomenting this plan. And then I remember I'm like really on the precipice of doing it and I show up to class and she's not there. And I was like, oh, fuck, okay. And it was like a Friday. So I was like, okay, I guess I'll, I'm going to do it on Monday. I'm going to do it on Monday. I come into class Monday. She's still not there. Tuesday, not there. Wednesday, not there. Where like, is she? Where the fuck is Madison? And so, and the thing, the issue was like Madison's group of friends like didn't like me. So it wasn't like I could just go and ask. So I had to do some sleuthing and then it, and like, I just couldn't figure, but like my sleuthing failed a week later, Madison's back at school. I see her having a screaming match with this girl, Hannah, who is now one of my best friends. Love you, Hannah. But we were arch nemeses (laughs) at the time. And it spilled out in that fight. This was happening just like in front of campus, like super public that Madison had gotten pregnant. <gasps> yeah. And this is actually kind of dark. Cause like, you know, we were, we were 12, we were 12 years old at the time. This was like the beginning of seventh grade. Yeah. And she left school to have her baby and get like a, you know, specialized education like elsewhere. Like, and she has that kid, that kid, that kid is now in seventh grade. Florida is, is insane. Yeah. yeah. And on that <laughs> note, <laughs> Thank you, everyone, so much for listening. <laughs> Don't send your children to middle school in Florida. They will get knocked the fuck up. This Period. has been Mind the Game. I'm Reese. And I'm Jeep. Toodles. TTYS. <laughs>